Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children Knowing Me, Larry Davis Knowing You, George Brundle. Uh-huh. 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 This is going to be a short uh, podcast, I... I hope. Should I explain God, I why there was no uh, stream last week? Yeah, if you Should want. I get into that for a moment? I guess. Okay. Um, so we had, I had planned to do a horror-themed uh, stream because uh, you were kind enough to buy me Dusk and Blood, and I had uh, a couple other horror games I wanted to play, including Harvester. Yeah, all, well. <laughs> yeah, no, look, they all can't be winners. No. Um, I like Harvester... Except for all the parts where I have to play it. Oh yeah, I I like it. It's not yeah. good. Harvester has a lot of real dumb shit in it. That's yes, that's it does. pretty good to watch. Uh, anyway, I fled to my apartment. Hooray! Yeah, so I started a load of laundry, and then um, <laughs> this so this is the bit that I haven't clued you in on yet. Uh. I was watching VTubers. Oh, of and course. And then I, yeah, and then I kind of noticed, like, oh, it sounds like the water's still going in that drum, even though it's been, like, about 10 minutes. Uh, and then it caught up and went out into the hallway, completely soaked, uh, yelled fuck a bunch. It, it, like, the bathroom flooded, too. The it Timothy Oliphant the method. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um Except I, like, lacked the composure to give it, like, the Timothy Oliphant punch. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's mostly shrill, and then screaming goddammit a lot, too. Uh, and, yeah, it but, went through the again, wall and got into like my kitchen. But again, not, like, a quality, like, Bob Odenkirk goddammit. No, no. Like, you have to have composure and grace to be able to say it like that. Uh, yeah. And when your apartment floods, I defy you to have that composure. Mm. That is a terrifying experience. Um got into my closet too uh so like the last week the the carpets have been pulled up i've had fans blowing on those they pulled out baseboards and they've been blowing out the walls and everything so i can still hear them in my head uh but it's fine now and thankfully like none of my personal property got damaged so that like silver lining i guess yeah, uh, although yeah. on the other hand i'm probably gonna have to pay like between five seven hundred bucks to fix everything that is not my personal property. So oh boy! Yeah, considering I spent like five hundred bucks on a PlayStation Five. Bazinga! <laughs> so that's right. Uh, yeah, no, everything's back to normal now. So we should be able to do a stream this week. Although it's probably not going to be a Halloween stream anymore. Because you should. Kinda, Why not? I kind of, I kind of still want to. We're in a whole new terror situation now. It's fine. That's right. Uh, we got. We still got numbers coming in, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Too uh, early things, to call. Things... Even though. Uh... 
That's right. Uh, things are looking good currently for Kanye West in Vermont. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is a big game changer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, as the podcast goes on, we might be able to report some more numbers to you. Uh, as, of course, we are your number one trusted source of news. Which, well, speaking of, we should probably get into news. I mean, I, I'm still with her. And by her, I mean Joe Jorgensen. I, look, it's still anybody's game. She yeah. might be able to pull off a surprise clinch in the Rust Belt, and that would be huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, they haven't counted the mail-in ballots. Anything can happen. Yeah, that's right. It could be Joe all the way down. And by that, I mean Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. Is there someone else named Joe running? Uh... Yeah, he like he used to be I think he was like a senator in Pennsylvania. What? Yeah. It doesn't look like he's doing too well though. So, you know, kind of like lesser known guy. I don't think he really had much of a career in politics. Well, I mean, I, I haven't seen if that's the case, I haven't seen much campaigning from him, so like I don't know what you would expect, honestly. I I think if I remember right, he said a bunch of racist shit, and so people just don't care. Oh, it's the guy who said, uh, don't vote for me, vote for the other guy. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. And then he defended a bunch of segregationists. Oh, sure. Speaking yeah. of segregationists, <laughs> I I played Pikmin 3. I love this transition. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Separate but equal Pikmin pods. That's right. Well, Captain Olimar is a race scientist. Um, He's here to... Tell you about how, uh, well, rock Pikmin are, like, genetically superior to all the other Pikmin, obviously. Yeah, they can jump real good. Well, yeah, they jump higher, uh, you can just throw them at enemies to do a lot of damage, they don't get hurt by fire, uh, they break glass walls, they're great. Like, red Pikmin, like, what, what are they? Like, red Pikmin are nothing. Like, they also don't get hurt by fire, but that's it, that's all they have going for them. Yeah. They're, they're also disposable. Uh, they're prone to alcoholism, is another thing. Um, yellow, yeah. well, like blue Pikmin, they're prone to opioid addiction, so that's their own problem. But anyway, news. Red uh, Pikmin sound very relatable to me. Yeah, news first, and then we'll get into what we right. played. News first, then Pikmin. Yeah. Um. So uh, this kind of just broke this morning, which is that Watchdog. Watch Dogs Legion has had its source code uh, hacked. That uh, happened well, well, yesterday, rather, but okay. There was some stuff going on yesterday that might have took most of my attention away. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Not me. So, <laughs> uh, basically, a a was it a group? Yeah, it's, it's a ransomware group uh, by the sec. name of. A, uh no, Ecregor. <laughs> I know, which Dead, is not as good of a name. Deadsec is the group in Watchdogs. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know if you I've played any of them. Seen a bit of. No, I haven't played any of them. Okay. Why would I two, do that? Two was okay. Three looks like it's pretty good. Yeah, three seems interesting. I still don't know if I'm going to play it. It's the uh, Nemesis system. Yeah, they... Somebody else finally did the Nemesis <laughs> system. Sure. You get all supplies that uh, little old lady in it. 
That seems like that might be all right. Well, there are a lot of old ladies and old guys that you can play. You can play as anywhere. Sure. The back of the box says play as any character. And then there's an asterisk next to it. And then below into the right, it says some narrative characters not playable, <laughs> which is great. It's a real good back of the bro- back of the box promise. Oh, yeah. God, I can't talk. Uh, well, I can't say asterisk either. So, uh, well, yeah, I think that's kind of like one of those things where some people uh, can't say tin foil, or no, it's a, they can't say aluminum. Right. My mom's some that people way. Can't wink. My mom says yeah, aluminum. Yeah. Well, that's just not even the we- remotely. Well, the weird thing correct. is though, like she can say aluminum fine. Yeah. So like the the British pronunciation, I guess, is fine for it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like that's sort of the thing with that is the way we say it in general is incorrect and that it's supposed to be aluminium uh i think so so. like i i guess if people can't say aluminum then whatever big deal because it's not like that's the correct pronunciation anyway but not like any of this matters who cares say it however you want to the way your mom says it is adorable sure she also can't say abominable uh like the abominable snowman she says abominable which (laughs) is also great because she loves yetis for some reason, that's like her favorite <laughs> mythical creature is yetis. All this is precious to me. Yeah, she's she's just a sweet old lady. Yeah. Uh, Egregor is not composed of sweet old ladies, though. They're composed of uh, ransomware hackers, and so they broke in. Uh, they stole the source code, Watchdogs Legion, and presumably they're going to hold all 560 gigabytes of that ransom until you know. They, no, they, they already released monies. it. Oh, they did? Okay, yeah. well, never no, mind. They, they stole it all, like, last month. Fuck re- that, then, I guess. This recent thing is that they were like, all oh. right, we just dumped the source code onto the internet. Ubisoft sure mis- didn't care enough to pay for it. I misread this because they, they, they stole other stuff. Like, they hit Crytek uh, for, uh, what was it, like, develop in, development information for Arena of Fate and Warface and yeah. their G-Face social gaming network. Which is all stuff I don't think I've ever heard about until now. I've heard of Warface because, like, that was one of those things that was like it was supposed to be coming out for a long time, and then it finally did. It was free to play, and nobody cared. But every once in a while, you hear something about Warface, and it's like, oh right, that. Um. Anyway, if they stole the code for that stuff, I would imagine it'd be kind of like the thing of Jeremy Clarkson going, "Oh no." Well, anyway. Yeah, because like that sounds about right. So, all right, Warface. Yeah, but yeah, like it doesn't seem like any of the stuff that they stole would have any impact on like uh, you know consumers or users of these products. It's more impacting Crytek and Ubisoft. Uh, but even then, like I don't know how much of that data is stuff that they're going to. Since again, they're a ransomware group that they're going to hold for ransom and try to squeeze money out of ubisoft and crytek and then how much of it similar to like watchdogs is stuff that they're just going to you know push out there uh anyway uh, source code leaks this isn't the first time we've covered something like that on the podcast no, and i this, guess you know that's something that programmers care a lot about so i bet there's some really pissed off people at ubisoft sure um i i mean the main thing with this is just that it's a game about hackers and they got hacked which is funny like that's basically yes, that the reason it's funny. newsworthy. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. But hey, speaking I guess, of like, hackers. Part... Well, I was going to say real quick uh, before we move away from that completely. Part of that <laughs> too, though, is that it might allow people to get past any kind of like uh, copy protection or encryption with the game, and yeah, so, so presumably, well, like they wouldn't have, they don't otherwise. have to pay money to put. Yeah, sure, but. Well, I mean, it's a next-gen game, so you would think that maybe that it would be harder right out the gate to break the copy production on that thing. Well, it's a PC game, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, it, it's not like it's a PlayStation 4 Xbox exclusive. Like, mm. that makes no difference. It's just a port to consoles. Tell me about Hackers, the uh, 1990s Fisher Steven. 2077. Oh. That's not the hackers I wanted to talk about. No, but I tried to have a good segue. Instead, you were just like, Buh, copy protection. Like you're looking at the the wheel and the... Pen, Pen Gillette the, the, isn't the Monkey in... Island. Yeah. Yeah. That's good copy protection back when you got, like, physical media to yeah. prove that the game was yours. Sure. You yeah. had to answer, like, what's the fourth word on the page... On, like, page... 12 uh-huh. of this booklet and then also uh look at the picture of the ship what's below it is it an anchor yeah. or a monkey and then decipher this codex and then you can play the video game yeah spin yeah, the wheel make all... a deal uh cyberpunk's delayed just again. online all the time uh, what it's, oh it's, no uh, it's december was it 10th now i can't believe that they would do that they, I mean, they sent that tweet out where they said that it won't ever get delayed again, ever, ever. Everybody is just like Neil Breen in that scene where the guy gets <laughs> shot now. I can't believe you would delay Cyberpunk. I cannot believe you would delay Cyberpunk. How could you have delayed Cyberpunk? Some poor, like, coder who's worked over a hundred hours just covered in fake prop blood. Uh-huh. Just like, <laughs> and just rubbing his face and getting more of it all over him. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So I think that on I am pretty sure there's an episode of this podcast uh, Going back a few months Where I said I think what's going to happen Is they're going to get right up near release And then they're <laughs> going to delay the game again And it'll be a very last minute thing My The one bit where I think I was off with that Is I'm pretty sure I said they would delay it into Q1 Or even no, I think I just said Q1. I think I was pretty firm that it wouldn't be as far back as the second quarter. Okay. Uh, so I was still I was still bit off because it is in December, which is still cutting it pretty close to the first quarter of next yeah. year. Obviously, that's how months work. But yeah, what? I still I I fucking I fucking knew that they would do this. Yeah. I knew that they. I knew it. You have to wonder at some point what the management is like at CD Projekt Red. Because this Bad. seems like, well, yeah, obviously, but this seems like it's entirely on their shoulders. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the news came out that this is because they're trying to optimize the last-gen console versions. Oh, great. Which, uh, did you not know that? Uh, I had heard a bit about that, yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that apparently... Them. The PS5, Xbox One X versions, or uh, Series X versions, fine. PC, fine. Yeah. It, it's just that they are trying desperately to make it run on base PS4s and uh, base Xbox One, which that is, whew, 
That seems like quite yeah. a feat. I get that they would want to do that because obviously, you know, you're going into a new console generation. You're not entirely confident in the install base on those new systems. Obviously, not everyone who wanted to get one is going to be able to get their hands on one for a while. So yeah. those people are going to continue to play off their old consoles. And so, yeah, you would want to release your game on that as well and make that money. Yes. And so you want it to run good. So the delay makes sense. But also, like back when we talked about this last time, the reason I thought a delay was likely was they were going out there saying, like, Melee feels like trash in this game, and we don't like where it's at. Also, there's like three months to go before the game comes out. So development on that thing seems like it has not been going smoothly, to say the least. Mm. So this doesn't surprise me that they've they've been having issues getting it to even run well on what is still at the time of this recording current gen hardware. Well, yes, that's true. Um of course, I was talking to you the other day and I was mentioning how this game was announced 8 years ago before the PlayStation 4 was out. And Which so I completely forgot about. Yeah. That it's been that long. Like it was one of the first next gen games announced, I believe, uh at yeah. the time. And he, or well, I think at the time they didn't even have a platform for it, but it was like, oh, well, obviously that's going to be on the PlayStation 4. They wouldn't be yeah. putting out a PS3 game that they just started development on. They, they would not be able to put it out exclusively on PC either and be able to recoup the amount of money that they would put into a game like that. So yeah, it kind of just goes without saying it would be on PlayStation 4 and Xbox. Yeah, but um, so yeah, they've kind of been Put it on locked. the Switch, fuck it. Well, they somehow made Witcher 3 run on the Switch uh, As yeah, badly as it I does mean, um, That's still yeah. something See, I think that's why I keep forgetting it's been 8 years Is because the Witcher 3 came out within that span of time So I think that like my perception was Well, all their resources were devoted to getting Witcher done And then they shifted over to Cyberpunk And so I guess like in my mind yeah. Cyberpunk was the thing that came about much more close to the end of the Witcher's development and release than it actually was. Well, yeah, like that was kind of the weird thing about the announcement of Cyberpunk at the time was like Witcher Three isn't even out yet, and that's still kind of a yeah. ways away. So, like, how long is this gonna take? It's, it's kind of like uh when Bethesda announced the next Elder Scrolls game, uh before Starfield is out. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah, well, that was also, they had, like, a bunch of stuff leak, and so they needed to just, like, have something that people wouldn't be able to anticipate, and so they, yeah, that, like, Elder Scrolls trailer, that was just a bunch of sounds. Yeah, it was just, like, a flyover Here's some landscape, map. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it was, like, I think the Starfield thing was what leaked specifically, right? If I'm remembering that correctly. I, don't know. I haven't, they haven't shown anything of Starfield as far as I know. Like, it was mm. just, like, a shot of stars and yeah. like a logo I mean, and that was it god and that has been like a while ago now too for them to oh, yeah. also not have anything to show that elder scrolls game at all uh, yeah i mean star the starfield announcement was two years ago <laughs> you gotta think their games run so so good on current gen hardware just imagine how fucking great they're going to be on this next gen stuff <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, man! You mean like looking at Fallout Five or Fallout Four, uh -huh. I guess, uh, and how it looks pretty much identical to Fallout Three on the three sixty. Yeah, 
I bet that the graphical bump in quality is not going to be that great going no. from that to the next generation. No, it, it'll, look be- that. it'll look better. Yeah. They'll have better lighting or something like that, but otherwise it's going to look pretty close. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Bethesda. Now a subsidiary of Microsoft. Well, technically not yet, actually, I guess, mm. is the thing, but soon. Yeah. It's imminent. Yes. And anyway, uh, yeah, I I guess I'm just riding or dying with my Cyberpunk pre-order at this point. I really want to play it. And I imagine, like, it's still the PlayStation 4 <laughs> box and disc, but it's going to run fine on the PlayStation 5. I just I put, I push the boost button, and then the game played good. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. That's the thing. I, I was considering canceling my pre-order and then just, like, waiting for the next-gen versions. But the thing is, given how everything's been going at CD Projekt Red, uh, that next, the actual next-gen upgrade might not happen until 2023. Who knows? Yeah, that. so my... Part of it for me is it's very easy to just let that thing ride because I consistently forget I even pre-ordered the game because I did that, like, I don't know, two years ago? Yep, me too. It, it was like when the pre-order went up, I put my order in. And so at this point, it's... You know, the price lock is in at like 50 bucks from Amazon, which is eh, it's fine. I'd rather pay that than wait like another three years and potentially have to pay $70 for it. Well, no, I I mean, it would just, it would actually be lower. Because you'd still okay. be getting the same game. It wouldn't actually be a new game. It's just like a free upgrade. Uh, just like how they're doing that free upgrade for Witcher 3 or... Oh sure, I thought you meant like waiting consoles. for them to press a disc with like this is the PlayStation Five version of the game. Oh, no. At that point, I would imagine that they would charge like seventy bucks for it. I don't know if they'll do that. All they might. Um, I guess yeah, it's possible. Like, I feel like if they did that, it would be like some sort of game of the year edition that would include DLC. Yes. But then also I would wonder how much the DLC would be in the first place. Like, maybe you'd be, like, just splitting the difference between that. Yeah, I'm not sure. But the, usually the way I am with uh, a lot of games, especially, like, CD Project Red stuff, is by the time I'm done with those, I'm pretty much done with the game for a while, and DLC at that point is excessive and burns me out. Like, with The Witcher, I got the DLC. I still have not bothered to pick it up and play it. Because, man, I spent like 80 hours in The Witcher. I'm, I still don't think I'm ready to spend more time in The Witcher. I have heard the DLC is very, very good. I have heard that too. And at some point I will play it, but I've, I've never <laughs> yeah. quite got in the mood where I'm like, yeah, I want to play The Witcher again. Yeah, I did not finish Witcher 3. Um, when that next generation upgrade happens, I think I'm going to give it another shot. Because hopefully it'll run better. Um, and Very I'm not game. going to sit in front of the computer for 80 hours to play an, uh, an RPG. Sorry. That's what I did. Uh, I was a maniac and I bought the 980 for that game because Ooh. I was still fully on board with uh, PC gaming at that point, uh, which obviously not the not the case anymore. Yeah. That's part of why I don't want to go back and play it is because then, you know, again, it's on my PC. That is where I would have to put that time in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, so. like, for what the PS4 is running with, like it was okay, um, but also at this point, you I would just have to restart. Play it on the go. 
yeah. Uh, take it, take it around with you wherever you wherever you go. Geralt is right there. Even if saves are compatible, um, when you do, when they do the upgrade, I'm probably going to end up restarting because like I don't remember like where I was or what was yeah. happening or how anything works. Like, what's Ignis? I don't know. What's Quinn? <laughs> Actually, I do remember those two. That's basically yeah. it. Uh, uh, Quinn was the defense spell. Yeah, it's the shield, and Ignis okay. is like fire. Well, because those are like the only two that you would ever really want to use. Yeah, it was basically just like always be using Quinn and just oh, like God. hack everyone to death. We'll get into it in a bit when I talk about Quest 64, but that one element of the Witcher is a lot like a certain There's some there's a little bit of Quest 64 in the Witcher, man. Well, it's also For a little bit of worse. Elder Scrolls in the yes. skill system and everything, but Yeah. Is that it for news? I, that's pretty much it for news. Uh, Cyberpunk, um, I am sure I will at least... Uh, so wait, are you just like sticking with the pre-order at this point? Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, or probably. Just... Okay, so we'll be able to talk about that next month. Yeah. We'll be able to share our collective disappointment in Man, Cyberpunk. I was upset. I got an email from GameStop that was like, uh, we've got a reward thing. Spend $300, get $30 credit back Yeah, power to the players Spend 300 get 30 back So it's like, great, I'm already getting the Xbox That'll get me 30 So I could probably just get like A couple of games there Bump it up to 600, get 60 Turns out Consoles don't count Of course not Power to the players Why would (laughs) Why would you think that would be the (laughs) <laughs> like they don't want to give you anything back for these new consoles are Because it says all purchases Count towards rewards And then you scroll to the bottom Ast- and it's like Asterisks on the back of the box Yeah, Not all purchases Exactly uh, You scroll to the bottom it's like new hardware purchases Do not count pre-owned uh, Hardware purchases do You can get a used Xbox Series X Watchdogs Legion Of retail stores Uh huh get up on the mic <sighs> Um so that- there we go. <laughs> yes. So I am amazed how little distance there is. Like I'm less than a foot away from this mic, and if I, I move back at all, it's a problem. Yeah. I actually wonder if maybe this mic is like going bad. I have had this for uh seven years. I don't know. It could be the case. I'm not sure. Could be. So anyway. This uh, my purchase of the Xbox Series X will likely be the last purchase I ever make at GameStop before they collapse. So that's cool. Oh yeah, uh, I have. They haven't done anything for. Well, no, I actually asked you that a few days ago. Whether or not they've done anything for Black Friday yet, uh, uh, but they typically yet. don't have very good deals compared no. to everywhere else, right? No, okay. they sometimes have some that will usually get price matched elsewhere. Um, but mm. usually no, not really. Well, if it's price match elsewhere, then I'm definitely not giving them my money. No, uh, I want to have to go into a GameStop ever again if I can help it. For a quick update on the Black Friday stuff, uh, it turns out Target will be starting theirs on the 22nd, I believe, which is the Sunday of that week, and that's when all the game stuff <sighs> okay. is going to be. Uh, still no ad for it though, or like a list of what's going to be on sale, so I don't know. Um, I just need to know if I can get Spyro reignited for a decent price. Right. 
Oh, uh, also okay. Crash 4 and Tony Hawk, which at this point I'm still thinking that probably 45 bucks and 30 is the lowest that those are going to go. But... Maybe. I feel like Tony Hawk has to be 20 somewhere. I feel like Walmart is probably going to be the place to go yeah. for deals this time. I would hope. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'm just looking for Mafia Definitive and um, Tony Hawk and Crash. That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, Heard a lot of oh, mixed opinions on Crash 4. I want to get that too. Yeah. I've heard a lot of mixed opinions on Crash 4. Some people really do not like that game. Other people say it's all right. Looks fine to me from what I've seen. It does. It looks like a Crash Bandicoot game to me. And I like those uh, probably more than I should. That that so VTuber seems to like it. What's her name? The one that plays Mario? Corona. Yeah. I hate... Oh, God. Why do I know this? Okay. So She's not funny. to be confused with Guar Gara uh, That's a different She's a shark And then there's the cat girl Who uh, tells you not to come So my final update on 13 Sentinels This is the last update Because I have finished it now uh, right, hold on. Let me lean back and think about my wet carpet While you talk about 13 Sentinels uh, very good game. Liked it. Uh, did not go the way that I was dreading that it might. Um, I had thought it was going to be a meta commentary where it's like a this is a video game that you, the player, are playing. You are controlling these characters and their mechs. And no, the whole game aspect is just like a way to explain the more video game aspects of the gameplay. Like just like this is why they can upgrade their mechs with experience points. Which doesn't really need yeah. to be explained. I don't know like what the point of that whole thing was really. So but... I maybe misunderstood you when you first brought this up to me because I thought it was more to tutorialize you on things. So is it instead to just provide more like lore explanation behind the gamey aspects yes. of it? Yeah, because that happens okay. at the end. It's just like oh, near, near well, the end where uh, they're talking yeah. about uh, all of this stuff. It's like... Uh, Oh yeah, and also he took like code from this video game he liked about the Dimos and injected it into this. Um, and I guess it sort of explains some other things, but that that's mostly it. Is it's like this is why you get meta chips to upgrade your mechs and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I mean that's good. Like, because I was also pretty adamant, even though I've not played the game at all. Just everything that you were describing about it to me seemed like it was going to take a very meta-heavy twist at the end of the game. Yeah, thankfully it does not. Um, because if it had, yeah. that would have been completely out of nowhere and really bad. Yeah. Um, the actual twist at the end is kind of not a twist because I saw it coming like way, way earlier, and it seemed pretty obvious. Um, but overall, like it, it's good. It's a coherent story. Um, it's not nearly as confusing as you would think because that whole thing is about like giving you more context to things you've already seen and re recontextualizing the events so far. It's not just like piling on more events and more twists on top of like uh, I don't know. visual novels as a genre. Or a bizarre thing oh, yeah. I'm not really a fan overall Definitely I'm gonna, not I'm gonna have to play 428 Shibuya Scramble I have it here On disc but I haven't played it And it seems like it was sort of the main 
influence on 13 Sentinels This it came out a long time ago in Japan I think it was like a phone game I believe mm. or, or like PSP or something Um, But it's like FMV I think What is 13 Sentinels? I also played Pikmin 3 Deluxe Oh, see, that's an actual video game. Yes, um, that's a game where you do, you do, you you hold a controller and you move sticks and push buttons and you do things. Well, you do that in Thirteen Sentinels too. Uh, but you know what, Thirteen Sentinels I'll, doesn't I doubt have that. Um, tie-in uh, promotion with Dr. Pepper. Captain Olimar. Oh, Captain! You mean Mario is spelled backwards, Captain Olimar? Yep, Olimar is Mario backwards. Um, okay. Uh, so Louis is Luigi backwards. What? Yeah. Just think about it. Miles Tails Prower. Um. So I have a question about Pikmin Three. All right. Ask me anything up... about Pikmin Three, a game I've played All twice right. now. Okay. So I brought up a promotion with Dr. Pepper because that's a thing uh, famously from Pikmin 2 where yeah. all the items that you found were real-world items. Uh, does that carry over into no. 3 or did they dump that? Nope. Bullshit. Yeah, I know. Why should I care about Pikmin 3 is my follow-up question. I mean, honestly, you probably shouldn't because it's not as good as 2 or 1. Um... Great. Sold off of the game completely. <laughs> Well, it's weird because I had sixty dollars right here. I was going to give to Nintendo because I'm a maniac, and now I'm not going to. Well, the controls also don't really translate that well. It was clearly meant to be played with the Wiimote and pointing where you want to throw things. Instead, it can be pretty awkward. Um, you have a lock on to things uh, to throw Pikmin at, which kind of works sometimes. Like I guess it does an all right job. Um, but yeah, overall it Also, okay, my main issue with Pikmin 3 Is also its main gimmick Which is that you have three captains And so there will be puzzles That are like um, You have to use the three captains to Navigate around Obstacles, but it just ends up being Really tedious Like there's nothing there that's hard to figure out It's just like Oh, also, my main thing with the controls There's nothing to just throw all Pikmin which would make this way easier uh-huh. um, Because a lot of the puzzles Involving the three captains Is like you have one captain throw another one And then that captain also throws Another one over So it's like you know If you had like three islands for example um, Yeah Well Kind yeah. of leapfrog them basically right. right like you throw I guess you would actually throw two captains To the first island And then one of them there Throws the other captain to the end and then you have to throw all Pikmin to that middle one And then switch to the middle one And throw all Pikmin to the last one And you have to do that a lot And it's very annoying um, Other than that uh, So the Pikmin type in this one Are red, of course Yellow, uh, blue yeah, Ooh. Rock uh, And then the yeah. new one is Flying Pikmin which I don't like oh, oh god You ever go out by the dumpster And a bunch of Pikmin fly at you? Yeah It's not fun oh, It's disgusting No But yeah Came I, back in uh, once And there was a Pikmin Just crawling on my wall Smashed it Ugh But yeah I don't like the flying Pikmin Because 
basically their main advantage is that they can traverse water. Mm-hmm. Blue Pikmin already that, exist. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that <laughs> Blue Pikmin already served that function. Yeah, it's just like a weird like. I I don't know why they came up with this. Like, there is a certain thing with it, like they can lift things, so they can carry objects over water. But I don't think they can carry them over gaps, which you would think but would be their purpose. Pikmin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pikmin Three. It's a good game. Not uh, not the best Pikmin And also it's $60 And like 4 or 5 hours long And it's more than that if you want to get all the fruit But but Larry um, They put the DLC in the new Release of Pikmin 3 That's so right The $60 is totally justified so, For about, this old game About that DLC uh, Yes also I should note this game looks worse than the original did uh, The texture yeah, resolution were... for the grounds Is like way worse Worse I don't know what happened there uh, The lighting the is lighting, washed out Yeah I was going to say the lighting Also seems very blown out in that thing Because I, I was taking a look at some pictures of that too And oh boy I don't know yeah. how you take a game that old And you put it on current hardware And it somehow comes out Looking way worse Yeah well Nintendo found a way Um Yes the DLC So there is the DLC. Uh, that DLC in the original game, as far as I know, is basically just like boss battles and stuff like that. Like you could replay boss battles. Who cares? Mm. I, I believe the new stuff is the bits where you play as Olimar and Louie. And th- this is billed as a prologue and epilogue, which I think is very generous because they are just like challenge maps. It's just like here's a place you've already been The single player campaign Collect all the fruit as fast as you can before the time limits up That's it That's that's it? Yep That's all? Yep That's it Oh boy You do get messages from the president um, Which is nice But That's basically it I also yeah, I appreciate to... um, In the story though How Louis is a complete asshole And everyone hates him which is accurate to the Pikmin lore Sure uh, He gets lost at like the end of the second game And then you gotta go fuck around and find him again uh, Yeah so um, He's a shit Louie In Pikmin 3 you were collecting fruit And you're using the juice Like The juice is your timer basically And it's like you mm. you have as many days As you have juice storage Um, Except you're never gonna run out of that like, you yeah. would have to be really bad at the game Like at the end I had like 30 extra bottles of juice um, well, and, and I was uh, not even going out of my way to get fruit Except, well, I mean the time limit in the, in the first game was also fairly negligible Yeah um, But at one point you find Louie And uh, you bring him back onto the ship Because the characters think he's Olimar And instead he just escapes and steals all their juice That's very insulting to Olimar well, they don't know. They they were just like following a signal, and so they were like, "Oh, this must be the Captain Olimar we've seen logs from." Uh, he just straight up steals their juice. Yes. Why? He steals their juice and then tries to escape in his what? spaceship. Except their spaceship is wrecked. So he's just going to strand them and escape when he could work with them, and then all of them could escape together. Yeah, it's Louis. What the fuck, man? Louis, stupid. Everyone hates I, that's Louis. not stupidity, that's just straight up being an asshole Yeah, 
It's that's Louis. Like, that's premeditated, man. Anyway, they get him back and then they just tie him up with a rope, which is funny. <laughs> anyway, tie him to a rock and leave him there. After that, he is not worth bringing back. Also, the end boss of He's Pikmin Three some... is basically uh, like the end of Annihilation, which is weird. I was gonna say uh, bringing Louis back would be like a real Doctor Smith scenario. And I'm just imagining it going down like the Lost in Space movie. This just ends with like Louie turns into some hideous spider monster. And his sure. face is like poorly CG'd on. Yeah, like the end of Tomb Raider 3. Well, look, I didn't play that because I had <laughs> we had come to an agreement. Yeah, yeah. That I did not need to play any of the other Tomb Raider games. I think it's three. Um, Four? I think it's three. I do not know. Yeah, well two the I'll end of two know. is the dragon. And then, yeah. yeah, it's three. It's like in Antarctica, I think. Even Antarctica. Uh. Oh. So anyway, so pick three. Look up here. All right. Uh, do, do not pay sixty dollars to... for it, as if you have a well, choice. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, okay, if somebody had sixty bucks and they had to buy a Nintendo Switch game, and the options were Pikmin three. The Super Mario 3D All-Stars Collection Or New Pokemon Snap What would you tell them to go Spend their money on I understand that neither of us Has played New uh, new Pokemon Snap because Mario All-Stars Because at least it has Mario 64 in it I would go with New Pokemon Snap Because even though that is assuredly A very short game At least it's new And it seems like it would You know be optimized for the Switch because it's a Switch game. Sure. That thing's still not out yet. They said it's supposed to be out at the end of the year and they still haven't put a release date on that thing. So I, I mean, don't think that's going to happen. Over all of those, I would say Hyrule Warriors would probably be the one to get uh, because that's yeah, a new sure. game and is probably fine. I didn't really like the sure. first one much, but it's probably okay. Those seem like they have a lot more polish than the typical Dynasty Warrior game that's coming out. <laughs> They seem so. like they have more polish than the typical Nintendo game that's been coming out. Yes. Yeah, those those actually seem like they are being put together with some level of craft and care, which is <laughs> yeah. surprising to me, considering what it is sourcing both of its primary elements from. Yeah. Uh, that said, still don't really care to play it. Um, Muzo games are just kind of not for me. Um, I'll play yeah, this so one and I... see how it is. Um but yeah. I was trying to look up because I wonder if the graphical issues with Pikmin 3 comes from the fact that maybe the game is being emulated on the Switch, similar to how Mario 3D All-Stars is just no. emulating those games. It's, like, it's completely I... different textures. It's not even just like lower okay. res. Like They're different. Yeah, I couldn't find anything that like confirmed that, so I was going to say I think that it is, yeah, just completely rebuilt for the Switch and that this is, they just fucked up and the textures are worse, and the lighting is bad. Yeah. So. Although, Way to go, like, Nintendo. If, if they were, like, emulating it, that would not surprise me, <laughs> given the state of no. the 3D All-Stars thing. But yeah, there's stuff, like, yeah, related I... to the way they reintegrated the gamepad stuff into it that, like, an emulation, yeah. they would have to do extra stuff to it. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, to to a degree, they did extra stuff for the Mario 3D All Stars games. Uh, mm. Not not to the degree that you are getting at for with Sunshine. 3, to be fair, for yes. Sunshine, they did stuff. The others, but not I'm really. saying, 
what I'm trying to get at is it is not beyond them to emulate a game, but then still change aspects about it to work for the, you know, the way that the Switch is laid out versus yes. the way some of these older consoles are. Like, I, I think at this point, any kind of like re-release that's along these lines that's going that far back enough, I would just kind of assume is emulated. Like, that seems to just fit Nintendo's MO. I just thought of something. Um, hmm. They talked about how um, Mario 3D All-Stars is only going to be available until March or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, after that, it's just because they're going to sell them all separately. I I mean, I think that's going to be the case. They're just <laughs> going to put them out on like the eShop, and they're yeah. going to be like 20 bucks a pop. Yeah. yeah. They might I mean, sell Mario 64 for cheaper than 20 bucks. to be fair. Like, maybe Galaxy's 30, Sunshine is 20, and 64 is 10, but sure. yeah, I think they're going to do them piecemeal. But I, I just thought of that because I was just thinking, like, I would pay probably $10 for Mario 64, even though it is emulated yeah. and it's not really ideal. Um, like yeah. Having a portable version of that, sure, why not? Like, 10's not too bad. Uh, I paid... 10 bucks is a perfectly fair price for easily one of the best games on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Uh, it still holds up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the others. Whew, boy, I kind of oh, forgot you, how you bad would, Galaxy was. Honestly, uh, I you would knew have I to did pay not me like to it play Sunshine, and you would have to pay me more than sixty dollars to do it. Yeah, I did not even boot up Sunshine when I rented All Stars to try it out. Um, I still have not played Galaxy at all, so not good. Uh, yeah, I mean. So you're spending a lot of time running around giant spheres, except the camera cannot keep up, and so most of the time you're just running into blind nothingness and can see about two feet in front of you, uh, which is I mean, really I like good the for blue a pl- spheres uh, platformer stages in Sonic. So that sounds like something I would enjoy. Uh, blue sphere has you can see further ahead of you by a long shot in blue sphere than you can in Galaxy. That's fucked up. Yeah, it is. Um, but Galaxy Two. I really liked a lot when that came out because it mostly just has like regular stages, from what I remember. Um, yeah, plus it's got Yoshi. Yeah, it does, and actually the Yoshi parts are fun because you're like uh, slingshotting around in these things, like half pipes and stuff with Yoshi. It's pretty good. It's the best Yoshi has ever been, honestly. Do you do like a bunch of Bionic Commando stuff with Yoshi's tongue yes. in that? Okay, perfect. I want to play Galaxy Two now. Yeah, Galaxy Two's good. Uh, just uh, head on over to. Uh, Website redacted And get an ISO And uh, have a good old time Anyway uh, That's it for what I Played this week Okay I also have in my possession My first Playstation 5 game <gasps> What? How? It's Watch Dogs Legion Explain. What? You were the hacker Yeah That's right it was me all along it was me, oh, Austin. No. I didn't know I was in the presence of the illustrious E. Gregor. Uh-huh. Uh, but, oh, yeah, God. like, technically, uh, of course, it's not a PS5 game, but it mm. will be when I put that disc in and then have to download 120 gigabytes <laughs> yeah. or whatever it is. Push the boost button. Make oh, uh, game go good. Well, you don't push the boost button when it's a PS5 game. Uh, that's for PS4 stuff. They should have an actual boost button on the console itself that's like uh, like the priming button on a lawnmower. Like uh-huh. just pump it a whole bunch to make the game run faster. Yeah. That'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be real good. And then you have to like pull the uh, you have to pull the cord to get the PlayStation 5 to start. 
Except it's loud as hell. It's got a fucking engine in it. Yeah. Still not as loud as the PS4. Uh, I, I do appreciate my apartment filling up with gas vapor, getting real dizzy on it while I'm playing a Miles Morales. I appreciate that the PS5 has physical buttons uh, that you click in instead of the capacitive ones. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I like the that Pro a has those too. I think. I'm, so b- before we get to my old games, I'm really excited to sit down and play Astro's Playroom in a way that I was not anticipating this close to launch. Yeah, me too. Like I thought, eh, I'll kind of look at and maybe dick around in it for 20, 30 minutes or something. Was kind of what I was expecting. But it actually looks pretty good. Yeah, I wasn't even expecting to get, like, I wasn't even going to touch it. Pretty much like I do not give a shit About Astro and his playroom But then like I started seeing like the digital foundry Stuff went up uh, And Giant Bomb had put up a quick look of it And like that thing seems like A really good showcase for what that controller is capable Of Mm -hmm. like in Like I was not expecting the reception on that Controller also to be as positive As it is it seems like that is just a Really solid controller uh, yeah, like the controller has been something that I've been looking forward to, especially considering yeah. the Xbox One is just like the same thing again. Um, yeah, and like to a degree, uh, it's sort of it depends on how much the developers will actually use it, which will probably be not much. Um, but at least mostly going to be first, limited to like first first party, party stuff. Yeah, that, that yeah. Th- I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Like, and also just the the way that that thing kind of showcases, uh, uh, maybe showcases the wrong word, but pays homage to like other Sony products and stuff from their history is really cute. Like, yeah. there's some like you see a little Astro guy pop out of a box and then it yeah. does the Metal Gear sound. Like that's, that, that's kind of a thing that I thought was neat was stuff that isn't like explicitly Sony, like Metal Gear yeah. and Resident Evil, but still. Come on, it's like associated with PlayStation. Um, yeah, so that was nice to see. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to like I think that actually is going to be the first thing I play on that thing. If if for nothing yeah. else to kind of get a sense of what that controller is capable of, because I'm way more interested in that now than I was leading up to this. I mean, yeah, I'll probably be playing it as the console downloads whatever it has to download for Miles and Demon Souls. So. Yeah. yeah. So those are pretty much like the two that like that's going to be the two big things for us as Demon Souls and and Miles Morales. Yep. Cuz uh yeah, it's not like there's really anything else coming. There's a Sackboy game which who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. I care even less about Sackboy than I do about Astro. Uh literally Wild. at this point cuz I a want to play an Astro amount. game. Yeah. 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 I don't even want to be in the same room as Sackboy. So actually, um, the Sackboy game is being made by Sumo, I think, and they're pretty good. Yeah. So it might be all right. I don't know. I do not care about Sackboy. Uh, overall, it kind of just seems too simplistic. Um, oh, a, a bit of news. Uh, Insomniac did reiterate Ratchet and Clank is PS5 only, not coming to PS4, which... Anyone with common sense could figure out Because it's so yeah. tied into the SSD Loading things quickly with the rifts But there were still people like Miles Morales is coming to PS4 So is Horizon so, oh, oh. Well, What's the point about a PlayStation 5 All these games have your systems well, It's coming to PC Mattress and life 10 minutes till the the hour Yeah Anyway Um 
Retro <laughs> Corner. Uh, what was it? Zippo scooter collides with semi truck was the other thing from that. Yeah, uh, sure. Whatever. Retro Corner. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast, I have some stuff to say about Quest sixty four. None of it's good. Quest sixty four is one of the worst goddamn games I've played on this list. It is hideous yeah. in its design, in its very conce- to to its core. This game is fucking rotten and has blackened my heart. Um, like that's so, the weird thing. Like when you said you were playing on playing Quest sixty four, my first reaction was why? Because like <laughs> it's not even. Yes, it's real bad. Also, it's not even notable enough to be something that would like go yeah. on your list. So I don't know why this the, is something that you decided you had to play. So first of all, the official stance of the Destroy All Children podcast, despite my actions, is that self-harm is never the answer. No. Uh, but so Quest 64 for me is a game that as a kid, uh, I wanted to experience more RPGs, but I had an Nintendo 64 and obviously the Nintendo 64 was not the console that you go to if you want to play RPGs. There was like maybe three of them total released for that system. Uh, but Quest 64 was one of them, ostensibly. Hybrid Heaven. As, sure. Is that on your and list? As a, no. Should be. Um, be more interesting than Quest 64. It it would, but again, part of the list is stuff that I experienced as a kid and maybe didn't necessarily beat. It's stuff that I want to kind of come back to. Okay. It's not entirely games that I just did not get to experience at all. Pretty much all the games, to me, have some level of significance, either in that I didn't beat it, want to revisit it, or I never got a chance to play it and I really wanted to. To me... Uh, Quest 64 falls into the I played it, never beat it category. To me, Hybrid Heaven I think about a lot, uh, specifically because it's like the predecessor to Blue Stinger, in a weird way. Uh, not not in gameplay or anything, it's just like somehow it's a vibe, I feel like is very much the same as Blue Stinger. Oh, Blue Stinger definitely has a vibe. Yeah. I've tried to play Blue Stinger, and I don't think I can get through that entire game. Uh, but boy, I really like how audacious Blue Stinger is. I mean, the uh, the promise of Dog's Bower only goes so far. Yeah. And like, it carries that game a lot, but it's still not enough to make it fun. Yeah. I still like that Dog's is voiced by the guy who played Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, yeah, the the Elliot Blod is voiced by Sonic, and then the main lady in that game voices Rouge the Bat. So they just have those guys like just cycling uh-huh. around between games a lot. Yeah, during the Dreamcast days. I mean, it, yeah, use it's who like, you got. It's like Funimation. They have the five voice actors that just yeah. voice everybody. Christopher Sabat is here. Who could have guessed? We got these. They're they're locked up in the in the sound studio. That's also just a fucking warehouse where the plumbing's gone bad. Mm-hmm. Like that was a whole thing too. Is uh, apparently like the working conditions back at that point in time for doing Sega voice acting was terrible. Yep, you just show up to a warehouse and there's a script there, and then you read it into a microphone. Yeah, you never see another human soul during the yeah. entire process, but you feel that there's a presence there. Right, it's and, threatening. And the people cutting it also don't care. That's why you just like get no. people doing two or three takes in one line that just makes it into the game. That's right. Not quite as bad as Crash Team Racing with Penguin Yay 1, Penguin Yay 2, 
but <laughs> something. I mean, well, I guess yeah. we kind of got the version of that with agreeable grunt this year with yes. Avengers. Well, again, if you want specifically a Sega game, uh, Sonic 2006, where they got that line of the guy fucking up, well, that, like yeah, that's what I was darkness talking about. And, yeah. Oh, I love it. Just yeah. leave it in. Don't even bother to fix it. Um, yeah. So, Quest 64. Speaking of unmitigated disasters, uh, I played this as a kid. I rented it. I did not get very far in it. I think I got to like the forest, which is pretty early on in the game. And then I took it back, and I never picked it up again. And then later on in life, I started thinking about, like, man, I wonder what the rest of Quest 64 even looks like. Uh, so <laughs> Who could I... have guessed that it would be very similar? Uh, well, the end of the game actually gets really trippy oh, in a way that's okay. kind of neat. But, um, yeah, so I paid actual money for a cart of Quest 64, <laughs> so I own it. <laughs> I could go into the other room and I could pick up Quest 64 and I could say, I have this. This is my property. There is something deeply wrong with me. Self-harm, never the answer. So, so really like, quick, I, I, my experience with Quest 64 as a kid was mm -hmm. I saw the cover, thought, hey, this looks all right. I rented it, came back, uh, could not save the game. Because it was one of like four or five Nintendo 64 games that yeah. required the controller pack to save the game. Uh huh. Uh, so you know it's quality. Well, you need a fucking peripheral to play this game. So, yeah, I did not have a controller pack at the time. I later got one yeah. specifically for Mystical Ninja starring Goemon. Um, yeah. Which, really you know, that's worth to, it. Yes, to actually own the controller pack for that is the that is the one because like for the most part the controller pack was not used to actually retain uh, save data so much as it was you know like ghost data and racing games or yeah. backup data pretty much in case something happened on the card itself. Uh, most Nintendo sixty four games used EEPROM, and some of them used uh, more traditional battery backups. My favorite so song, are... by the way, samples Beastie Boys. <laughs> sure. I think we know what, uh, well, I think I know what song this episode is going to go out on, but EEPROM is, uh, yeah. Anyway. You know, Beck fucked his backup doing the video for EEPROM. Yeah. I did that edit a while ago where I just set that music video to music from Vibribbon because <laughs> yeah. it fucking works, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, make a new Vibribbon, Sony. What are you doing? Yeah. Well, you know, wouldn't work out too good on the discless PlayStation 5. Who cares? Make I mean, it work with would really be the main. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Just we like, can, like yeah, Beat Hazard does that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so EEPROM, you don't really have to worry about uh, degrading necessarily because it's a read-write limit, and you would have to read and write a lot to wear out the EEPROM. Uh, with the actual battery backups, those are starting to degrade and go bad. So games like uh, Ocarina of Time use that, and they're starting to have issues with corrupted saves or saves just not retaining. Uh, the controller pack also uses a traditional battery uh, method. So part of wanting to play Quest 64 is I don't know how much longer my controller pack is going to be good for, so I need to start getting through games that require it. Uh, but thankfully, that's not a lot. It's a very short list of games that require you use that thing. Yeah. Um, 
Fortunately, Quest 64 is one of them, so I had to play it. So to talk about the actual game, uh, the way that the Quest way, 64... That's actually, isn't that the reason that you started playing this recently, was I mentioned my experience yes. of like needing a controller pack for it, and then you were like, oh shit, my controller pack might go bad soon. Yes, uh, okay. that, that bringing it up prompted me to start pulling everything off of the shelf and looking at the cases and seeing what actually requires it. And that's part of how I noticed Mystical Ninja requires it too, so... Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of want to spoil anything, but maybe I've been dipping my toes in a mystical ninja. Yeah. So we we might have better games on the horizon to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, possibly next week. You know, maybe before these new consoles come out. So the way that Quest 64 plays uh, is Well, no, next week and, and trash. I will have an Xbox in my possession. Oh, right, because it comes out on the 10th? Yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting... That comes out on the 10th and not the 12th also. Well, I mean, look, we might still have time for a retro corner. Oh, we will, because, like, hey, Xbox has no games, so, like, what am yeah. I going to do with it? And, like, <laughs> I'm going to have to Plus, wait Plus, it's not for... like I'll have one, so we're not going to be able to talk about it, like, together. It's going to be a 13 Sentinels thing where I'm like, it's like this, does it do this? So. Well, I mean, I'm going to be probably looking at performance and backwards compatible games and stuff. And... Yeah. Waiting for Yakuza Like a Dragon to get here from Gamefly so I can actually have a new game to play because on. You, because you bring that up, I want to know if this does the same thing to your brain that it does to mine. That it, for me, it's very similar to Metroidvania. I hate the term back compat. Meh. Like, just say backwards compatible. I back compact, like, drives me insane. I, I really I, do not like that phrase. I don't really care. Oh, it's it is a it is a new version of SNES or Metroidvania for me. Like mm. absolutely. Okay. Um, anyway, Quest sixty four. You play as Brian. This motherfucker is named Brian, and your Brian. your dumbass dad went missing because a book containing evil magic has been stolen by a witch who wants to revive. Uh, I think. Is Magnus or something? Basically, this like ancient evil, and so you need to go find your pappy. Uh, you're an apprentice sorcerer, and the way that combat works is you get into random encounters, and then you have basically a radius that is dialed out for you based on your speed stat. And each turn, you kind of move within a sub radius, uh, which so the sub radius is determined by your speed stat. I'm sorry, the regular radius that like boxes in the actual battle arena is pretty consistent. Uh, but you have to move around and kind of like aim yourself towards enemies to cast spells. Uh, your spells are uh, dialed into the four directional, like the, the C buttons, uh, and each one is tied to a different element. So you have red for fire, you have like uh, yellow for earth, uh, green is for wind, and blue is for water. And the way you level these up is by gaining experience in battle. Uh, that directly ties to getting a point to spend in one of the four magic categories. But you can also just find these little, like, bubbling fissures uh, in the world map, and when you go up to one of them, it just gives you a free point, and you can allocate it in whichever one of those four categories you want. So going back to The Witcher, you don't want to upgrade anything other than your... other than, like, the earth magic and your healing magic, and that's it. Like, do not fuck around with fire, it's worthless. Don't fuck around with water, it's pointless. 
you just want the heal spell and you want the avalanche spell because avalanche does like a big aoe thing and will hit enemies multiple times and obviously you need to heal that's it don't fuck around with anything else and i'll tell you why you don't want to because it takes forever to actually make spells useful in this game like for the longest time magic would just like uh healing magic would only heal me for 10 points i'd have like 200 hp cool so it's functionally worthless uh and the way that you make that better is you have to just keep dumping points into it so each thing caps out at 50 ideally at the end of the game you have like healing and earth is at 50 and then the other stuff's at like i don't know maybe five or ten like that's about where mine was at Uh, good times no bad times it sucks so there's only two spells you want to use in the entire like the rest of the time you just want to run up and bonk things because that actually seems to do more damage than even your spells do like it's not until the point where you get avalanche which is a late game like you have to have upgraded earth a lot to get that spell uh that's when you then make the shift in your attack pattern because that becomes a lot more useful in that again it can hit everything and it hits multiple times so um, when you said this was turn-based to me that was surprising because in my memory of this game i remembered it being like zelda or it was like a real-time like action adventure type thing yeah and, and so, that's not how it is at all no it, the thing is i think i probably just did not get too much combat or something somehow i i remember running around in a castle and there was something with a haystack and that's basically all i remember and like a like a gray <laughs> field um and like a house and like that congratulations you it. played most of quest 64 because uh for as much as i was like i wonder what the rest of quest 64 looks like looks pretty much the same yeah. as everything i played when i was a kid yeah. uh the game does not vary that much um and like a part of the way that the game just kind of becomes frustrating is it seems to take notes from Final Fantasy 2, like proper Japanese Final Fantasy 2, mm. where your stats are not necessarily based on leveling up so much as they are based on what actions you take. So your defense and your HP will increase the more you get hit. So for a lot of the early part of the game, you basically just want to take Brian out in the world and have the ever-loving shit beaten out of him. Yeah, sure. Because the only way to make any momentum is to do bad. Yeah, he's like a Saiyan, you know. <laughs> he almost oh. dies and then gets stronger. Yeah, have meet the Sinzu bean. Yeah. Um, Put him in the Krillin back just blows to a tank. hole in his chest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Now you're describing a better game. Uh, it, yeah, like. It, I felt actively punished by doing well in the early game because, like, for probably the first four hours, I wasn't having any difficulty playing it, and then I would get to a boss that would, like, repeatedly push my shit in because I just did not have enough defense or health to deal with him. Like, I I was missing spells too much, and then it was, a like, a, a game of attrition where, like, my HP would whittle out faster than his. Uh, and that was because I just basically did not get beat up enough so I had to go back out into the world and get beat up. And then I could finally defeat him. And it wasn't even a matter of, oh, I need to go grind and do well at other battles and get experience and then come back to this thing. It was, I actively need to go out into the, into the world and, and lose. I need to not do good. Uh, which is a bad way to structure your, your level up system. That's a bad yeah. way to structure a video game. 
Look, I mean, uh, in the Elder Scrolls at least, you just jump around a bunch to raise your agility. Jump, jump, jump up and get down. Yeah. You know, yeah. Throw fireballs at guys to be better at throwing fireballs. Whatever. Uh, you, well, I guess you have to like block attacks to be better with shields and... There might be something related to endurance. I don't really remember. But, but I don't... the thing is, in Elder Scrolls, they still give you other means to supplement those stats. Yeah. Which they don't... Like, you have armor and such that you can put on. In Quest 64, there's none of that. There's no equipable items in the game whatsoever. Oh, weird. Uh, you you get, at best, uh, items that are consumable, that will replenish your mana, that will replenish your health. But here's the problem with that, because nothing in Quest 64 can be good it all has to have a rotten underbelly to it mm. and and that is you cannot purchase any healing items you cannot purchase any consumables there is no currency in the game at all you go it's into like a town Star there will Trek. Be... that's right yeah <laughs> they've completely moved off of a currency system it is all about your will to work yeah it's a post-scarcity um, society in quest 64 mm-hmm. yeah brian will partake of the blood wine um <laughs> <laughs> Brian get rip shit on blood wine Stumbling out into the world You know um, Not to get onto a Star Trek tangent uh, But uh, sure. for Halloweenery I watched Hellraiser Still a great movie Very yeah. strange to watch that now After having watched Deep Space Nine uh, Have you seen it? No I haven't actually uh, oh, One of the main, one of the main characters Is Andrew Robinson Oh damn So you just got a whole lot of Garrick all over that thing Except oh. he's like, he's a loser, like, cucked husband in it Which is also funny oh. Man uh, Yeah No, I've, I've not, I think I've seen like two or three I haven't seen the original one It's good Like a, a weird gap in like uh, my horror movie uh, consumption And I, I really need to just find like a complete Hellraiser set at some point and pick that no, up No, you don't no, yes, no, I, no. I bought all of the leprechauns. I need to buy all the Hellraisers. No, past two, they're garbage. I have to do it. Even two I, is not I that must. great. I uh, to be clear, like I would only do that if I found it for like seven bucks or something like that. Like is, that's the thing like, with a lot of horror movie series is if they're dirt cheap, I'll just pick them up to have them. There are also like ten of them at this point, I think. It got to the sure. point where even the guy playing Pinhead was like, nah, no thanks. I'm out. I would I would buy all of the um Oh, why am I blanking on the name of it? The the little puppets. Puppet Master. I would yeah. buy all those. Well, sure, that has a certain charm in its crappiness though. Yeah. It's a lot of of Nazi magic in those movies and There's a new know. one coming out. Uh it's that's like a spin off yeah, about not? Blade. Just like a weird thing uh, Not Wesley Blade? Snipes, no, unfortunately Blade? Blade? <laughs> um, yeah, I I need to do that with the uh, with the Chucky movies too sure. They routinely have that on sale at Walmart this time of year uh, yeah. I think the only thing really preventing me from doing it is a fucking pandemic You could also just buy it online that's not an option. You don't have to go into they a store they for won't, anything. They it's won't mail that to you. It's a lot like compressed air. Like they don't oh. send that through the mail. Yeah. yeah. It's dangerous. Um <laughs> anyway. Uh so yeah, the, the whole experience and the whole like leveling system in this game just it it sucks. It's it's 
built upon you doing bad, you bring up Elder Scrolls. And I think that's a good example of doing a system like that correctly, because even if, it, you know, a lot of it is based off of doing well, doing the same actions repeatedly, having them hit. Uh, with Quest 64, it is mostly built on just doing very poorly. And then on top of that, there's no way to augment that. There's no way to make your stats uh, better through some other means. The fact that you are not able to buy consumables also means that there's a lot of going through incredibly long dungeons. Like, the, the dungeons in this game are massive. They take forever to get from point A to point B, and on top of that, they're linear. So it's not even really a matter of, oh, I had a real good time exploring this dungeon and kind of getting lost in, in the environment for an hour. It's like, I just went in a straight fucking line and it took me 45 minutes. And random battles were popping out just all the time, constantly. I would take two steps, random battle. Um, but when you don't have a reliable means to heal in that, what ends up happening is those dungeons take longer because you get halfway through, you put in 20, 30 minutes to get that deep into a dungeon, and then you die and you get sent back to an inn. And so now you have to do it all over again. But any consumable items that you actually like choked down in that space of time are gone now. So it's even more arduous to get through the dungeon because you can't fucking heal reliably. Like the only way to get that stuff is there's like one place in each town that will give you a single healing item. And once they've done that, you're cut off until you use that item and go back there. Or you find them in treasure chests. And obviously that's only like one time each where you get them as random drops and battles. And that does not happen often at all. Great. Yeah, it's like so grandma why... giving you a nickel to rubber bunions. It's like here, there yes. you go, great job. That is an accurate way to describe the level of fun you'll be having in Quest sixty four. Mm-hmm. You get it, you get pennies for doing things that are agonizing. That's yeah. All that game is. Um, so you give, you you persevere, you get further and further into this nightmare. Eventually, things start to get easier as your magic gets leveled up and becomes more useful. Eventually, your healing spell actually heals you for quite a bit, and so you don't need to rely on these consumable items. But it's so damn deep in the game that you spend too much of your time agonizing through it than you do enjoying anything. Uh, there's no fun to be had until the very end of the game. And at the end of the game, you you end up going into this weird netherworld place where like it it like home floating for li- losers. Infinite yeah, losers. like floating floating libraries in space that don't have like walls to them. Like there's areas that look like they're taken out of a fucking vaporwave cover. Nice. Like just put some marble bus in here, and it would be indistinguishable from some vaporwave trash that you found on youtube but like it looks trippy it looks really cool you go through that for one area of the game and then the game ends (laughs) (laughs) all right and like the final boss is such a pushover by that point too because there's this one little corner you can kind of nestle yourself in and he'll basically never hit you and then you spam the avalanche attack and he just keels over so you just get to the final boss and you just push him over. You're like, all right, whatever, game is done now. It's terrible. And like the thing that drives me the most insane about Quest 64 is it's one of those games where you have a lot of people on the internet who are like, 
it's not as bad as people made it out to be. It's a good game, actually. They're fucking wrong. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, that there are always people who will defend anything that they played as a kid. And they are always assholes. Yes, but that that's why I always say, like, if you look at any garbage game on GOG, there will always be one review, like, it's yeah. a hidden gem. No, dude. There are people lining up to defend Time Commando. <laughs> yeah. There are people defending Mystery of the Druids. Although, I don't know, like, that, that has... <laughs> that... Mm... Uh, it has entertainment value in it. Yes. Mystery of the Druids is a game that goes in some directions I was really not anticipating it to go into. Yeah, just random drone strikes on disabled guys' houses. Stuff like that. Yeah, you know, poison the homeless. Yeah. So you can steal their money Like, okay, to make so a phone call. To make it clear, this is because uh, Mandalore Gaming did a review of Mystery of the Druids, uh, which was a game I previously only knew the box art of. And that it's like a it's a point and click adventure game from about two thousand. Looks older than that. Um and it's bizarre. Like go check out that video if you if you haven't seen it. I, I like his reviews quite a bit. Um he's not like one of these dipshit YouTubers that decide yeah. you want to look at their ugly mug as they talk about I I I don't know. I, I don't care about hey guys, YouTube. Pro I don't care Jared about, here. Uh, check yeah. out my schnoz. Yeah, Pro Jared looks like a pervert character from an 80s comedy. Um, Pro Jared looks like that part of Beetlejuice where Alec Baldwin pulled his nose out. Yeah. Um, like, that is... Pro Jared looks like a spitting mm. image puppet. Yeah. Anyway, like, not, not it to is, get on it, this tangent, but... Uh, it turns out Pro Jared might not actually be a creep, but you wouldn't know it by looking at him, which is why all that stuff was super convincing. Pro Jared looks like the cartoon version of uh, what's-his-name from uh, Sleepy Hollow? Ichabod Crane. <laughs> Welcome to the Pro Jared assault block of the podcast <laughs> where we fucking drag this boy, and he can't do anything about it. But yeah, Mandalore Gaming does good reviews. Um, yeah. But so the thing is, when watching that, it made me wonder if the main character from Mystery of the Druids is supposed to be like, this is how an adventure game protagonist actually would be so like have, in the real world. Have you finished that video? Yeah, I just finished it before we started, okay. actually. So I was going to say, he he does pose that of how oh, that, that this might... He, yeah, I, I think he that. poses at one point that this might be kind of a meta thing because everything that he does in that game just feels like going through the typical bullshit adventure game motions. Yeah. And then everyone seems to be aware of it. Like everyone just recognizes him as being an asshole because he behaves that way. Yeah. Well, oh, I well he mentions that like other people kind of act like normal humans except for him, but yeah. I don't remember him saying like it's specifically that it's supposed to be like a meta thing of him being an adventure game protagonist because yeah, he's doing stuff just like picking up random items and poisoning people, which in most games is just like, eh, just keep going. My favorite part of that whole thing is when he's at the dinner table and the guy's like, oh, that's, God, yes. that's human flesh, by the way. And he just like keeps yeah. on eating casually. Keeps eating. The, so actually the best part of that is it implies that he becomes brainwashed, which is yeah. why he works for the cannibal cult for a portion of the game. But then they clarify, 
it is consuming the meat that yeah. brainwashes him. Yeah. So he willingly ate the human meat to begin with of his own accord. Yeah. Someone just was like, I don't know, here's a plate of flesh you just got done watching a sear off the bone of a still living victim. And he's like, all right, well, I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, also, that game like goes zero to 60 on the violence. Like, it's nothing happens oh, yeah, that for a God. while until it's just like showing him carving meat off of a still living guy on an altar. And the <laughs> screaming that yeah. happens during that scene, too. Like, uh-huh. It is, yeah, boy, that game... uh really rashes it up at that point anyway uh quest 64 Quest 64 play mystery of the druids instead uh this <laughs> yeah. is a much more entertaining game it has much more value as a game uh mystery of the druids is art quest 64 is uh pretty much the antithesis of art mm-hmm. quest 64 is about as fun as playing around with formulas in an excel document just absolutely mind-numbing it just feels like you're going nowhere you're accomplishing nothing so i guess my rating would be uh is quest 64 in the house no quest 64 is not in the house you're not in the house quest 64 yeah god it's so fucking bad motherfucker's name is brian ah all right so is that it for this Ogre week battle. or second? No. All right, great. One more game. Thought we would done. have a shorty this uh, week, but here we go. No. Uh, we're doing it for the shorties. We're shorties watching so, shorties. That's right. Um, I was not content on just playing one RPG for the Nintendo 64. Uh, I had to wash the taste of Quest 64 out of my mouth with like one of the other two RPGs on that system. So I played Ogre Battle 64, which is a much better video game. Oh, yeah. Uh, What if I told you they say the shit word? They do. In Ogre Battle 60. Yeah, they call people bastards in that game. A lot. On a Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like my main memory from this game is I played it. I rented it a couple times and it's just like, well, they say bastard a whole lot. Yep. Called people a uh, bitch a few times. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them just saying, damn. Uh, it's rated T14 so yeah. also. Yeah. So Ogre's Battle 64 is not a RPG in the way, most traditional sense. F- uh-huh. Full title, please. Ogre Battle 64, colon, a person of lordly caliber. There you go. Yeah. It's a very good name. Ultimately means nothing <laughs> through the course of the game itself. Um. Uh, I don't know. So, like, isn't the main character like a person of lordly caliber? Probably not. Really, uh, not not really. Okay, you're kind of just a a dog of the military kind of thing, is what you oh, got going on. Diamond dogs. That's right. They give you an opportunity to name your army, and so oh, right. uh, <laughs> you totally lacking. This. Yeah, lacking any better idea, I named my group the Diamond Dogs. Uh-huh. Um, so that ends up getting brought up a lot in the game, which is pretty good. Uh, you had mentioned naming enough... them Antifa, which would have been better. Yes. Actually. Was there not enough space to put uh, Militaire Sans Frontier? Uh, yeah, I, well, I think it was good. lacking in that level of space, but they actually give you quite a bit to work with. Oh, so right. you might be able to cram that in there. Um, yeah, so uh, the the way that Ogre Battle 64 Personal Lordly Caliber works is is not at all like a traditional RPG. Uh, this plays similar to other Ogre Battle games, uh, but I still feel that most people would not be familiar with those. 
which is that you're basically dumped out onto a map and you have a bunch of fortresses that lead up to a main capture point. And you then spawn your units in and you direct them where to go and they will very, 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 very slowly march towards that direction. It's so you want them to capture... It's like a total huh? war game, right? Kind of, yeah. Uh, you want them to capture various fortresses because when you're in a fortress, you might have access to a witch's den, which will let you revive any downed uh, characters, um, unless it's a unit commander. If your unit commander goes down, then the entire unit will just retreat back to your starting position and will basically be taken off the board once they reach there. Uh, they're vulnerable, leading them back to that point, so you can vulnerable end up having other characters Zog. die. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, which is bad because when like a, when a character goes down, if you don't revive them, there's a seventy percent chance that they'll be fine, but there is still a thirty percent chance that they'll turn into a zombie. And if they turn into a zombie, uh, they have the benefit of any time they die in zombie form, they'll just regenerate at the end of the battle. But they don't do really good damage, and obviously you don't get any kind of class bonuses off of them as you would you know, making a mage or a Valkyrie or something. Sure. Uh, so ideally, you don't want people to die. Uh, so it's important to find fortresses that have witches' dens. Uh, there's also fortresses that have shops, uh, which are... If Can't you turn them into other stuff, though? You can, yeah. Okay. So there is, a, like... there is a class system in the game, and I couldn't quite wrap my head around the way that the class tree works. Um... It doesn't quite seem to make a lot of sense, and it doesn't really give you a lot to intuit how to go from like a knight to a paladin, let's mm -hmm. say. Uh, but you can change people's classes up, um, which is important to do because classes will eventually kind of stop being useful altogether. Like a knight is not going to do well past maybe the midpoint of the game, so you really want them to become a paladin. Uh, you want them ideally to be a black knight by the end of the game. Um, so yeah, like it's important to find shops and fortresses too, because similar to the class system, you really want to be rotating equipment on every character as much as possible. Uh, just just like leveling say, up is not enough. Just a, sorry to make this aside. My brain is so diseased that I had to spend a second thinking of the name Ichabod Crane, but you say <laughs> Black Knight, and then I immediately think, yeah, like the movie with Martin Lawrence, where he goes back in time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the state I'm in. Larry. <laughs> anyway, continue. You doing, you doing okay? No, not all at right. all. You need to get a drink of water and walk around for a little bit. I got. I have water here. Just continue okay. describing. That's good. Ogre brat of <laughs> No, I'm not doing. <laughs> How many times do I say ogre the name of... in in normal conversation? Not not often. The name ogre of this battle is never just going to be ogre bra, uh, o o ogre bra, bra. Yeah, return of the ogre den. Ogre bra bra. Oh god. Um. So here's the thing, though. So you talk all the time. This is basically the only time I talk to anybody all week. So yeah. My mush mouth, there, there's a reason for it. For you, mm. there is no excuse. 
No, that's why I started worrying about, like, I got something neurological going on. Because when I misspeak, I'm like, uh-oh. I do this for a living. Something no. is not right in my brain. Right, I just do a lot of typing. Um, and then, yeah. yeah uh, whatever. My, <laughs> my problem... My actually so my problem is because i do a lot of dictation stuff that i think that my mouth ends up moving faster than my brain sometimes yes. and then i end up tripping up yes that actually uh, is the thing for me too um yeah in most cases but yeah so uh you you need a capture force because they they give you different advantages uh they play another function which i will get into in a bit that the game does not tell you about fucking at all uh, but the main goal in each stage, uh, with the exception of a, a few where they kind of changed the objective, but there, there are so few of them where the objective is different and it's almost negligible, uh, is to just capture like a main enemy stronghold where you will then fight a stage boss uh, who is actually like the easiest unit to fight on the stage all of the time. Because uh, all you have to do is kill the unit leader and then that fight is done. So you can just change the attack priority to leader and they will usually die before they can even attack. It's very good balancing. Um, so, this is all kind of an automated process. You just point where you want people to go, they go there. Very slowly. The game needs a fast-forward button. That's probably one of my biggest knocks against it. Uh, but even in battles, it's automated. You don't actually get to say, you do this attack, you attack this person. You just give them different attack priority. Strongest, weakest, autonomous, or leader. Uh, typically, you just don't want to change it off of leader because when a unit loses its leader, it's basically just dead in the middle of nowhere. Like, it, it will still have units you can attack, but the unit just won't move. So it's not going to take over one of your bases. You're fine. You can just abandon it. Uh, you lose if your main unit with your main character dies. Although mine became so absurdly powerful by the end of the game that I was just marching him in and killing, like, five or seven other units at a time and not healing him because it didn't matter. I mean, that's kind of uh, accurate so that's not... to Total War also. It's like your, yeah. your sort of main commander unit can sometimes just be also your main attacking unit, which yeah. is funny. Uh, like, especially in Total War, Warhammer actually is more the case there. Uh, just have Count Von Karstein wander in and kill everyone. My, uh, my main unit at the end of Ogre Battle was probably like 15 to 20 levels higher than any other unit I had because it just kind of got to the point where I really didn't even need to spawn any other units onto the map. Cool. Like I could just take that one and march him to the end of the level and I would win. Um, and also and so, of note though, you see like this this operates like other ogre battle games, but there aren't that many of them. There's three? Right? Uh, the the one that this is the most like is March of the Black Queen on the Super Nintendo, which is and the I first one. I think that right? there's another, yeah, and I think there's another one that plays like this, and then there's also uh, Tactics Ogre, but that plays completely different. Right. That's closer to you know it's a tactical RPG, because uh, this is the same studio that made Final Fantasy Tactics, and like you can really feel it in this game. Like the music is very similar, the storytelling. Wait, in gets this one, just yeah. In Person of Lordly Caliber, the music actually sounds a lot like it does in Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, I thought... Okay, I thought it was uh, the Tactics Ogre team was the one that went on to make Final Fantasy Tactics, and then like whoever it was is... left behind made Ogre Battle 64. Yes, but you can still see the same design philosophy between them. Like, okay. it is still, like... They're very much working off of the same sort of design script. I mean, yeah, like, it, they, they it's definitely, like... 
oh, people love Tactics Ogre, so let's kind of put some of those elements back in the main series. But I didn't think it was yeah. the same developers or anything. I, I think they kind yeah. of like got split off. Yeah, I think that is the case. But yeah, there there is still enough kind of held over like aesthetically and just in terms of like the way the, the music and, and the storytelling are that you can see a lot of that same DNA. Yeah. Because uh, like the story, like I'm not going to get deep into the story, but it gets into a lot of the same like political intrigue and like shifting sides and stuff like that that Final Fantasy Tactics does. Um, it is maybe more easy to understand in a personal worldly caliber, but that is I also think because Final Fantasy Tactics had a botched translation. Uh, if you then look at the War of the Lions version of Tactics, I think that story is more comprehensible than Ogre Battle '64. So it it's it's weird. It's still like pretty complex. Uh, characters have weird names and so there's a lot of just them referring to someone and i'm sitting there going like i don't know who the hell this is yeah um but this is like where the game gets really interesting Uh, i had mentioned that there's an additional mechanic to fortresses and that is your chaos frame and what your chaos frame is is basically your uh, moral alignment and your alignment will change based on a bunch of factors so many factors that the guides i was reading made a point that not everyone really understands how it works still. Uh, But the most obvious way is that there are certain equipment that will change your alignment. And then there is, uh, when you go and capture a fortress, the character's alignment needs to be within a certain point value of the morale of the fortress. And if it is equally aligned, there's a bit of give there, but if it's aligned enough, then that will reflect positively on you. If it is not, then it reflects negatively. And one of the ways you're able to tell is whether a character lands on a fortress and says, hey, I captured such and such, or hey, I liberated such and such. Uh, So this ends up factoring into the different endings that you get in the game. There's a bad end, there's middle ends, and then there's, of course, like a, a good, perfect ending to the game. And it's all based on your chaos frame. And there's no way to check your chaos frame until you get past the credits and it tells you what your chaos frame number is between zero and a hundred. Oh, it's like Quarma yeah. in uh, Munch's sure. Odyssey. Uh, yeah. So, by the way, is Danny still way into chaos frame? <laughs> How many hours does he have in it now? I was talking a lot. I know you were sitting on that the entire time. Yeah. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Um, Kept you waiting, huh? Yeah. Uh... Chaos frame. Chaos frame. Uh, that does sound like a Metal Gear thing, actually. Yeah, kind of. I mean, uh, it sounds like a JRPG thing. Like chaos frame is like what you sure. get into to kill God at the end or something. You do kill a God at the end of this game. Of course, so, it's a Japanese yeah. role-playing game. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Um. So any so. This is all, like, really hard to intuit as you're playing the game. This is something that is even difficult when you have a guide telling you the way the mechanic works, because, again, a lot of it is kind of obtuse and not fully understood. Uh, So I did not know about it until roughly 40% into the game. So by this point, it was too damn late for me to go back and try to shoot for the good ending. (laughs) Oh, no, I already (laughs) killed all those orphans. Now what am I going to (laughs) do? Well, so there's other weird stuff that, like, it changes... There are different, like, paths and stuff that you can take throughout the game, and, like, that stuff is also not super intuitive as to, like, what kind of benefit or disadvantage it's going to give you. So, like, you get an ally at the start of the game named Dio, and I was like, oh, shit, 
Uh-huh. Dio's going to betray me at some point in the game because, of course, this motherfucker is named Dio. And also, like, he's way up your ass at the start of it. Uh, but Dio ended up becoming, like, one of my best buds by the end of the game. Like, he's completely on board with you. Huh. Um, apparently, there's a way to get him to actually betray you. And I do not know how. Like, I, I think it's based on having him die in a mission, but it has to be a specific mission. Uh, there's another character named uh, Destin who ends up breaking off of the Revolutionary Army, which you are a part of, and there's apparently a way to get him onto your side, and I could never figure it out. Okay. Uh, and that changes a bunch of story stuff, too, because I have an extra save on this cart that is not my own, and he did get Destin. And so I was able to go back and see some cutscenes that I already experienced play out with him on there, and they are completely different in tone and context. That's cool. Yeah. It's it's really, really neat. Apparently, like, if you get him on there, too, and you get the bad ending, then you get an additional mission where you kill him. Huh. Um, which I did not experience. So that stuff is really neat. Like, th there's a lot of ways that you can kind of change the story in that game. Uh, but then there are ways where it doesn't quite work out based on what your chaos frame is. Because the chaos frame doesn't always line up with the actual decisions that you make. Uh, in terms of like what what routes you want to approach the story missions. So before I get into it, I want you to guess what was my chaos frame number? Uh out of what? Uh zero to one hundred. One hundred would be considered best. Oops. Uh seventy-two. Larry, Is I that... got a oh. I got a perfect zero. <laughs> Okay. I don't know how I fucked up that bad throughout the entire game, huh. but I got dead ass nothing. I got the worst <laughs> ending. Great. Like I already knew I got the bad ending because I kind of like read up about it, but like the bad ending like threshold is between like zero and thirty something, and so I was like, oh, I wonder what my number is, and then the post credits comes up chaos frame zero. How did you manage that? Like, were you just like I don't know shoving like buses full of children off cliffs or something? <laughs> the weirdest part about it was like my character arc through that game did not necessarily seem evil. Like, there are a few points where my character was like, I don't know if I'm actually like escalating the war uh -oh. or not. But when you're, you look at you're at that like Mitchell and Webb look sketch where you're just like looking around, going, "Are we the baddies?" <laughs> yes. Exactly, that's basically how the whole ending of the game went down. Right. Um, so everything that is going on, my character's actions were objectively the right thing to do. It's like the, this cult is trying to release an elder god that will basically let the ogre battle happen. And the ogre battle is basically this worldwide battle between man and monster. And that's bad. You don't want that to happen. No. So... I'm chasing these guys down, and I'm murdering the dudes who want to start the ogre battle. That seems like the right thing to do. They want the ogre battle to happen. That's bad. Mm. Except my character then keeps having these conversations where he's like, I wonder if I'm escalating the war maybe by doing this? But, like, kind of not really, because for the most part, you're following the commands of the Revolutionary Army, and they just want to free this country from this tyrannical, like, church that's controlling everything and trying to start Armageddon. And then when they accomplish that... It's a Japanese role-playing game. Yeah. But when they accomplish that, the Revolutionary Army is like, okay, our battle is done. But then your character is like... But it's not, though, because like remnants of the church are still trying to cause the ogre battle, so this will be for naught. So 
they reluctantly are like, okay, well, you know, you follow your path, go do what you gotta do. You stop the damn ogre battle. And then when you come back in the bad ending, they're just like, you're not welcome here. You're fucked up and bad, and the only thing you care about is victory and glory. <laughs> it's like, fucking no, it's not. I just wanted to prevent the ogre battle. Like, well, I'm not the bad guy. I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> I think you might be the bad guy. I don't know. They <laughs> exile you, but you're not the bad guy. And then, like, the guy who led the Revolutionary Army, he just fucking dies, and then a baby crawls out from a woman's womb, and then the baby's like, ah, yes, I have a new vessel, and then makes a guy's head explode. It's and like Dragon Guard. Come. Yes, it's like Dragon Guard. Okay. Ogre Battle 64 owns. <laughs> and then a jet appears and, like, shoots down a dragon. Ogre Battle 64, uh, definitely as far as a palette cleanser from, from Quest 64, really good. It's an alright right game. Like, I do, I still have issues with the fact that everything's kind of automated. There's a lot of that game where I just kind of let it run, and I, like, kind of cleaned my apartment up. Because mm-hmm. you can sort of get away. It's a good game if you also want to watch some YouTube videos on the side. Because you can look away from the screen for, like, five minutes straight and not miss anything. Also good podcast game then Yeah I'd say it's a good podcast game It's probably one of the better podcast games Actually just because there is you know It does not require a lot of input from you You probably are putting more input Into the game in between battles When you are managing your army Sure uh, But it, it's still Fun for what it is I, I think the game at its lowest points Are where you spend 40 minutes Getting to the end of a map and then you die And you have to do it all over again So similar thing to Quest 64 In that like checkpointing is not Ideal It really could have benefited from maybe having An additional location in fortresses That specifically allow you to Save mid uh, Mid mission Mm-hmm uh, at the very least, if they had a fast forward button, that would be huge. Um, huge. Yeah. So I would give uh, on a chaos frame scale, which is probably actually going to be the most sensible scale I've ever rated a game. Uh, I would give Ogre Battle 64 an 89. Wow. I believe that's uh, one of the highest mm, ratings for a game on the list. I take that back then. Uh, it's not one of the highest on the list <laughs> It's well, it's a 79 it, To be fair, you've been playing a whole lot of stinkers Yeah, I played Quest 64 Yeah, Tomb Raider And a whole bunch yeah. of other garbage But you know what, Larry? What? Next week, uh, assuming my apartment doesn't explode Or catch on fire or something like that uh, I should have a couple of really great games done That we can talk about before the new consoles come out And then we'll uh, both have the PlayStation 5 And we'll be able to talk about... Uh, Demon Souls and Miles Morales. Morales. Yeah. Morales. Uh-huh. Uh he's Italian. But bef- That's how it's Before pronounced. we go. What? We have some uh we got some last minute numbers coming in. I think that we are actually oh. able to I think we're able to call it now. Yes. Uh I was just about to mention this. Oh, uh, um we can Congratulations to the 46th president of the United States, Joe Jorgensen. Oh. You got different results. I'm seeing that is being projected. The presidency has been won by Bop Bop Pirano. 
Oh, I, that's an easy mistake because on some ballots he was listed as president and she was vice president, but she's actually running as as the as the president. Yeah, on the ballot she was in smaller Jokerman font. Yeah, that happened in like a couple of a couple of I think it's like a filing error. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, mail ballots um, can't trust them. Throw them out. Either either way, uh, big big day for the Libertarian Party. Oh yeah. And thus begins their thousand year reign of terror I mean it's good because I don't want to have to have a license to operate a damn toaster Damn Got him <laughs> I mean I do remember that thing but Say the line Good Goodbye democracy Good enough Oh good goodbye dinosaurs Oh, great.